Broadway. I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. And tonight we are Sans Cat. She's at home doing homework. She is doing homework at home. Lots of homework. So much homework that she said she may not be a part of any recordings for a little while. Which is sad. We she will be missed. She will be missed. She will pop in from time to time when when she can be here. But this is kind of like a back to basics for me and Abby. It is. Yes. <laughs> For those of you just tuning in for the first time to Backyard Broadway, Backyard Broadway was kind of a brainchild of Abby's, and then I helped develop it. We <laughs> would sit on her back porch at her old house all the time. All the time. And just talk Broadway shows and things like that. I think the one that really inspired it was you and I sat there, and we had a like three-hour discussion about Phantom of the Opera, and we're like, yes, we did. why didn't we record that? Right. Right. No one wants to listen to us talk for three hours. No, no. That would have been split into two episodes. We'll eventually get there. <laughs> we'll eventually finally do that yeah. episode. But, so, we've been gone for a little bit. Things have been kind of crazy. hectic and crazy for the last few weeks. Um, Kat and I got engaged. Yay! So, that, that I'm was... I'm actually so- excited. That wasn't meant to sound sarcastic. <laughs> That was actually a whole, like, six months worth of planning. Oh, my God. Two weeks worth of stressing. Like, I went to her grandmother's house. Pretty sure you will shit your pants a few times. I, I'm pretty sure. I went to her grandmother's house twice in, like, two weeks just to be like, oh, my God, I got to talk about it. I got to – this is what's happening. This is what's – and constantly over at Abby's, like, okay, here's the plan. I don't know how many times we went through the plan. So many times. But, yes, everything went wonderfully. We had a beautiful night for it. The only it. thing that I miss – is us fucking with Kat through the whole process, making her think that we rented a circus and had a whole choreographed dance planned and, like, all yes. this crazy stuff. Yes. She was expecting a, a Greatest Showman flash mob. <laughs> I don't know if she was sorely disappointed that she didn't get it. but I don't she, think she was. No, no, she was very but, shocked. I mean, I was shocked because Kat cried. Kat did cry. She will deny it, but she cried. <laughs> There's video, guys. There is a video. There's video. So... Tonight we are doing part two of what was supposed to be a three-part series, but I think we're just going to cap it with part two. Okay. Just because there's so much research involved in part three that we don't have time for. (laughs) So, if you listen to part one, that was about our own haunted theater stories, Mm -hmm. and part two is Broadway haunted theater stories, and we've got... Four pages on my side. Four (coughs) pages. I think there's five. You got five? Yeah, there should be five. Oh, five. I miscounted. They stuck together. (laughs) So we're going to read these. Rather like my thighs. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So we're going to read these. We're going to talk about them because Mm -hmm. I'm sure some of these, even just reading the stories, we can sit here and be like, come on, guys. Like, really? 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 So we're going to start with the Gershwin. We're going to start with the Gershwin because you have it. It's with Eugene O'Neill. Oh, yes. it's Um, Because tonight, October 30th, hopefully this will get edited on the morning of Halloween and posted by the afternoon. Um, I say that. (laughs) But October 30th, Wicked is celebrating 16 years on Broadway. It surpassed Les Mis to become the fifth longest running show on Broadway. It did. Um, Did you cry a little bit? I did cry a little bit. A little bit. Because I remember the beginnings of Wicked. I know, I do too. It's it's out-of-town tryouts and all that. And who's going to play Alphabuzz? Is it Stephanie J. Block or is it Adina? Like, what's going on? I remember all of that. I did not remember giving... My ex at the time, the CD and the book, as kind of a hey, I want to see the show. No, but she messaged me to tell me, and so 
Fuck off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the Gershwin was built in 1971. I'm going to kind of paraphrase. Uh, I'm going to. Um, Even though it's on my paper. It's on. It is on the paper. I'm just going to. I'm going to try oh, not. Oh, I thought we had different ones. I'm sorry. No, we have, we have the same ones. Okay, go ahead. They're the same. We're just going to go back and forth. Um, so with the Gershwin currently home to the to Wicked. Yes. Um, for the last 16 yep, years. Yep. And that's what all these stories are around because um, it seems to have picked up the paranormal activity during the run of Witch Ridden Musical Wicked is what it says. Witch Ridden Musical Wicked. Yes. Five times fast, guys. The Witch Ridden Musical Wicked. So it looks like our first story is from actor Michael McCory Rose who says, According to sources in the know about these things, we have three ghosts. Drew, a.k.a. Dennis, don't know what that means. I have no idea. Is the only one we know by name. The other two ghosts are regularly seen but haven't been named. One dresses in a 19th century blue suit and the other wears a white t-shirt. I want to know more. I do want to know more because the white t-shirt intrigues me because that could be like, I mean, this was built in 1971. I mean, it could be like a grudge thing. Yeah, it could be, I mean, who died between 1971 and I'm going to say 1995. Okay. Um, that is haunting the Gershwin. That's, that's well, I mean, I like, I, I understand the sightings, but it's like, and I want to know how they know that the one ghost is Drew, a.k.a. Dennis. Which I still want to know what that means. I don't know what that means. There's not a lot about the Gershwin hauntings. No, so. there's not. The next one says, <clears throat> let's see. It says, Rose is not the first to record supernatural manifestations at the Gershwin. In 2012, Jonathan Warren reported... Nathan Peck got tapped on the shoulder before his front of house monkey flight on one evening. When he turned around, no, no one was standing near him. Later, when he told people about it, Kevin Huck mentioned that he had the same experience throughout the years in the same location. It is rumored and believed to be the ghost of the Gershwin. So I'm confused. So are there multiple ghosts or is there like one that is the ghost of the yeah, Gershwin? Yeah, because this one like calls it the ghost at the Gershwin and it's like... Okay, but is so that... There- so is that Dennis? I wonder if that is Dennis. I wonder because if the one the that's named, named yeah. is the ghost of um, Gershwin. So if you're not familiar with Wicked, um, I mean, it says front of house, monkey flight. I'm trying to think. The only time they all fly is it's, when she releases them. Yeah. So is, is that that's the point of the is. show when they're talking about? Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I had my own story about being tapped on the shoulder before an entrance and things like that. Uh-huh. So it's not uncommon for ghosts to reassuringly say, hey, go for it. You're Especially going to fall to your death as you're flying across the stage. Yes. Type of thing. Um, so then in 2010, Jason Virengo, I'm going to go with that. Virengo. Related. It's not his own story. It's the story of stage manager Jason Daunter and ensemble member. Eddie member, Pendergraft. Eddie Pendergraft. There's a T at the end. I said Pendergraft. Uh, they were standing stage left. Happened to look up, thinking they saw a swing performer watching the show. Then suddenly, that person disappeared behind the curtain. The person they thought they saw was actually only a few feet away from them on the stage. So they had like a vision. I don't know if it's if or well, it was an apparition. Clearly, okay, yeah. But they thought I it mean, was farther away than it was. So when when you look up, are you looking up at the catwalk or are you? looking down and planning for your entrance or whatever, and then you happen to look up, that type of look up. Well, I mean, if they're behind the curtain, I feel like they were, like, talking to each other and, like, looked up, looked up and, and saw... Yeah, and it wasn't somebody... 
a distance away from them, I'm guessing they thought on the other side of the stage. Yeah. Or on the same side, but up farther in the wings. Mm -hmm. It must have been someone much closer. Yeah. So, again, these are very vague with the Gershwin. Um, Some of these other ones are pretty in-depth and... I mean, I've got my own story to go with the New Amsterdam when we get there, but... So let's move on to the Eugene O'Neill, currently the home of Book of Mormon. Yes. Which we love. We do love Book of Mormon. We love Book of Mormon. But these stories are from 2006 when Sweeney Todd played there with the one and only Mama Patty Lapone. I'd let you Michael call that one. Cerverus, Merwin Ford. I don't know who Merwin Ford played <laughs> because I've never heard that name in my life. <laughs> never heard that name in my life. Ron, is that your stage name and you didn't tell me? And... No. Uh. Donna Lynn Champlin. Um, some of you may recognize that name from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend on the CW. Um, anyways, this is her story. Um, she reported that they believe there are at least two ghosts at the Eugene O'Neill, a male and a female. During previews of Sweeney Todd, things would randomly fall from the upstage prop shelf. Sometimes dangerous things like gardening shears, oh, when no oh, one was remotely near it. Actors' hair gets tugged once in a while, and they have heard... Their characters' names whispered in their ears on stage. So let's That's talk. That's so creepy. Let's, let's, for those of you who aren't familiar with the 2006 revival of Sweeney Todd, <laughs> we kind of got to let you know what's going on. Because if you've seen the Angela Lansbury, George Hearn yeah. DVD or Broadway HD, it's on there now. Um, the 2006 revival is completely different. Yes. It takes place in an insane asylum. The back wall of the stage has all sorts of stuff hanging on it, including, I guess, gardening shears and Patty Lapone's tuba and... Um, costume pieces and things like that, which the next story is about a costume yeah. piece. But so it's everything's on stage that they need. They're, they they don't they didn't very often go off stage for props. No, I did all, see the show on Broadway. I saw it on the tour. Yeah, and I was confused as fuck. <laughs> my dad was my dad. What did you bring me to see? <laughs> I was so confused by it. I mean, you you've explained it to me, but I I mean, yes. I still was like. Yes. I don't like this. What is this? What is happening? We will do an episode about Sweeney Todd where we can go more into the meaning behind that particular revival. Yes. But going on. Um, the next one doesn't really have anyone that owns it. Do you what, know no, it's um, Donna Lynn Champlin because she played Pirelli. Uh, this next one? Yeah. She okay. played Pirelli. Remember when she would. Oh, when she okay. Got yeah, her yes, yes, yes. Throat yes. slit, her lab coat. Because she played a doctor or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. Became bloody. Okay, so this is still Donna. So she also said that there was a strong smell of lilacs sometimes downstage left. Uh, She reported her whistle disappeared from her bloody lab coat pocket, which never leaves the stage, and was found... Yeah, the coat always hung on the back wall. And was found down in the basement in the quote-unquote dead rack of clothes... So I'm guessing that's like the The costumes, clothes they the, changed into when they died. Yeah. The bloody clothes. Um, like they only found it weeks later because they moved the rack and it fell to the ground. Like, I've had that experience where something's moved completely where nobody would expect it. Mm-hmm. I've had I that experience. Go back and listen to our first part of this series. And Granted, that wasn't a theater experience. That was a yeah. home experience. But it it's not uncommon for spirits to play tricks. Um, it sucks when it's... In the middle of a show, and you don't realize it until you're ready to blow said whistle or whatnot, mm-hmm. and you're like, where the fuck is my prop? Yeah. That's why you check them before the show, guys. <laughs> and it's not saying that she noticed it during the show. I'm just imagining that that's what happened, because that would just be fabulous. <laughs> so the next one is about Patty Lapone. Mama Patty. Patty. Mama Patty. Um, apparently, her dressing room had doors that would open and close on their own. 
And she also thought she had stepped backwards onto her friend's foot. Let's talk about this first. Patty Lapone doesn't have friends on Broadway. <laughs> oh, how dare you just talk about my Patty Lapone's ha- Patty I I'm going off of Forbidden Broadway here. I love Patty Lapone. I know that Patty Lapone is well respected. This is purely meant in jest. If you've ever listened to Forbidden Broadway, there's a whole number when she did Gypsy about how she's better than everybody. And, yeah. and oh, you're that guy who's on stage with me sometimes. Yeah. Um, so she apparently stepped backwards onto her friend's foot and said, excuse me. And then her friend said, what for? And when Mama Patty turned around, her friend was a good two feet away from her. So. I've done that, but it's typically a toy that my child has left on the floor. Yeah, it's it's a weird sensation to think you've stepped on someone's foot. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not putting any stock in this being because she would have looked down and seen if something was actually on the floor. Yeah. So it, it, and the sensation of such that she can say it was someone's foot she stepped on. Mm-hmm. That's what really is gives this one a little bit more of a little more clout than uh-huh. some of the other things right. we're going to read. Right. It's a little more specific. Yeah. So let's talk uh, about Merwin Ford. Yeah, he said that he said I sat up I, oh, sorry. My bad. I set up the cot to take a nap between rehearsals and a show and asked out loud for a wake-up call. Sure enough, at 6.30, I was awakened by a slap on the bottom of my shoes that almost sent my head crashing up into the bottom of the counter that I had placed my cot under. No one no one was in the room but me. Okay, first off, you're an idiot for putting your head under the counter. <laughs> I would have put my feet under the counter. That's what I'm saying. Like, why would you stick your head under the counter? That, that one just, I mean. I don't understand that. I mean, going back to my story at Clarksville when I spent the night at Clarksville. I didn't end up sleeping, but I did the same thing, knowing that there were spirits bound. I'm like, hey, would you wake me up at 4 a.m. so I'm here when the news truck gets here? Yeah. Type of thing. They didn't need the wake-up call. I just, but. Like, that's the part that it, I mean, like, thank you for waking him up at 6.30. That was very nice of you. However. Yes, so that he could get in costume and whatnot. He's an idiot for sticking his head under a counter. Yes. <laughs> if he would have ended up with a concussion, whose fault would that have been? I mean, like, I mean, really. Not the ghost. No. The ghost, I mean, yes. really. What? The, no <laughs> brain cells. <laughs> No brain cells. Okay. Find your page with the palace on it. Next. Palace. So the palace. The palace most recently home to SpongeBob SquarePants Musical. <laughs> which they're making into a television event on Nickelodeon. No. Abby doesn't want to watch it, guys. <sighs> I've never mind. Uh, <laughs> so the palace was built in 1903 and is one of the oldest running theaters on Broadway. And it hosts, has hosted its fair share of plays, musicals, and tragedy. But let's talk about the 1950s when Judy Garland brought back vaudeville yes. to the Palace Theater. Yes. They had the entire theater redone Yes, because it had fallen into shambles. Yes. I don't know when that would have been, but it fell into shambles. And they came in, redid the whole place, and she brought back the two-a-day show, mm-hmm. the vaudeville Good old, and it was just concerts, like, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the traditional sense of vaudeville. This first story, the on the palace. Yeah, you sure can. Okay, so it said, and is this just kind of like reported? I guess it's not like really one person's telling the story. Yeah, this is just these are just reported ones. Okay, on this so one. it says, now here's a ghost you don't want to see. The palace theater staff will warn you of the tale of Louis 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 Borsellino. Borsellino. I'm sure it's Louis or some. I, it's foreign. In the day, oh my god! In the days of vaudeville, Borsellino had a tightrope walking act at the palace. Unfortunately, the acrobat fell to his death during one performance. As years passed, actors saw his ghost walking a tightrope from the house left box up to the mezzanine. 
However, these stories can't be verified. Legend has it that anyone who sees this particular ghost dies within a year. Huh. Dun, dun, dun. I've never heard anything about this one. I had never either. I mean, the palace currently is under renovations. Yes. Um, I don't want to get into that right now. I don't know what stories are going to come from that. Yeah, that's they're doing renovations on one of these longest, one of this old, one of the oldest theaters on Broadway, and it's right in the heart of Times Square. Like, yeah, the renovations they're doing, it just. We'll talk about that on a later episode because I have some thoughts. Of course, you of do. Of what they're doing with said theater. Of course, you do. So the next bit from the palace. I left um, it for you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes you don't need to be alarmed if you happen to see a ghost at the palace. There are many other spirits in residency, including a cellist dressed all in white who was last seen during the run of Beauty and the Beast. Wait, Mind so, wait, you, wait so I'm confused. Like, he was a cellist? The ghost was last seen. Okay, 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 okay. okay. The ghost was last seen. Beauty and the Beast closed 2007? Something like 2008. that. 2008? Yeah, um, something like that. It was still... It, it was one of those that I was surprised closed. Yeah. Because it was still doing so well. But anyways, a man in a brown suit who is known for haunting the offices at the theater nightly. Oh, That's this is, just so I'm boring. Going on from the different yeah. ghosts. Um, That's so boring. A young boy who will play with his toy trucks in the mezzanine. And even Miss Judy Garland. I call bullshit. <laughs> of all the places, why would Judy Garland? That bitch is not haunting the Palace Theater. <laughs> she is haunting MGM. <laughs> Louis B. Mayer done fucked her over. That is where she is haunting. Okay? Okay? But apparently she's been seen near a door that the theater had constructed, especially for her, at the back of the house. I don't... I've, I've been in the Palace once. Yeah. And it was just to walk inside and see the plaque yeah. for Judy Garland on the wall, and then I left, because right. what was playing when I was there? Last time I was there, they were getting ready for Spongebob, because no. the ugliest well, sight ever to walk out into Times Square and just see Spongebob Squarepants musical. Go fuck yourselves! Absolutely not. Ugh. The only way I recommend ever watching that show is on acid. <laughs> it's the only way to get the... Get Squidward's dance number. It's the only way you will enjoy that show is if you're on drugs. <laughs> so let's go down to the Sondheim and then we'll come back to the oh, okay. middle one. Okay. All right. Because I, right, like so, I like to. So do you want to get some history about the Sondheim? Because it's not listed here. Um, the Sondheim most recently home to Beautiful, the Carol King musical, which closed on Sunday. It did. After six years. Womp, womp. Um, I'm sure something wonderful is going to go in there. I am not up to date on. The upcoming openings in which theaters are mm-hmm. going to be in. That'll be an upcoming episode. Yeah. So this story is from Kevin Duda. Duda? Oh, I thought that was like a Q at the end and it was like Duda. You wrote Duda. Duda. Oh, I took this straight from Playbills. Oh, okay. So, so it says Kevin Duda. Uh, it says, had stayed late one night at the theater, walked up to the stage door and realized that he had forgotten something in his dressing room. So he noticed the old Henry Miller sign, which hangs over... The security desk at the stage door, and when he returned to the elevator to go back down, uh, when he when he was returning to the elevator to go back downstairs, he said under his breath, "Wow, I wonder what uh, Henry Miller thinks of his sign being regulated to <laughs> to the stage door." And the elevator bounced and stopped. He was stuck. He screamed for about five minutes and finally ate off. The head of security. <laughs> wow. Came to his rescue and pried the doors open. He has never said Henry Miller's name in the theater again. 
Okay, now I want to go to the Sondheim just to say Henry Miller's name. You have fun happens. with that in the fucking elevator because I'm not doing. I'm that not doing it in the elevator. I just want to stand in the theater and say his name and see what happens. But here's the thing: is it because he said Henry Miller's name, or is it because he was being sarcastic about his sign? Um, I think it was probably because he was being sarcastic about the sign, but it could have been just the name, just as easily as it was the sarcasm. So I'm going to look into Henry Miller and the Sondheim and see what that is all about. Absolutely. Because that is intriguing. Maybe that that could be part three is like a little more in depth on some of these. Yeah. That's, that's a little intriguing to me. Like who is this guy? Why does he have his own sign? Yeah. Um, so. Or if you know, please comment. True story, bro. So let's talk about the new Amsterdam. Okay, let's talk about the new Amsterdam. What is it currently home to? Oh, Aladdin, because I saw that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I call the new Amsterdam the Disney theater because almost everything Disney has played the new Amsterdam at some point or another during its run. Mm -hmm. Um, Most recently and currently home to Aladdin, which I saw shortly after its opening. I finally saw it on the tour! At the New Amsterdam. The New Amsterdam is gorgeous. Gorgeous. I I know. I don't think I saw anything there. It's got the the high walls and the beautiful, intricate detail. Anyways, so right in the heart of Times Square, the New Amsterdam is over a century old. That's got an exclamation point. Yes, it does. (laughs) Someone's very excited writing this. Disney revived it in the mid-90s, and it's now home to some of the most extravagant productions around and a Broadway ghost. Just one? Just one. Huh. That's false, but we'll get to that in a second because I <laughs> yes. have my own story yes. to go with yes. a Broadway ghost. So, Olive Thomas was a Broadway chorus girls in the early er, chorus girls, chorus <laughs> girl in the early 1900s, known for her beauty. She uh, was part of the Zigfield Follies way yeah. back when. As a result, she caught the eye of many, including her husband, Jack Pickford. The two did not have the greatest relationship, and in 1920, they decided a trip to Paris would be the perfect cure. Uh-huh. However, a heated exchange between between the two led to Olive's tragic overdose on mercury bichloride, a topical ointment. I call bullshit. He killed her. <laughs> he killed her. This would make a fascinating play. He killed her. I think he killed her. I there I call I call bullshit. He's like, oh, let's go to Paris to fix our broken relationship while I screw around with other women. And then she mysteriously overdoses on a topical ointment? A topical ointment. Oh, let me put on some topical ointment on my hands, then my arms, then my bosom, then my I like how you said bosom. And then my legs, and then my vagina, and my Wow, wow, wow. And oh, I put too much on. I'm dead. Wow, that got graphic. (laughs) Right? You went a little far there, my friend. I'm sorry, but I could not see... And I, I know when people... But here's what I don't understand, too. Okay, and maybe it's just you know, the time period, and I don't understand the concept of the mercury bichloride and, like, what that's for. But I'm trying to understand, like, heated exchange, like, argument between the two of them. Led and, to her accidental overdose. Like, she was so distraught, she just doused herself in this she, ointment? I'm assuming she ingested it. Like, she but ate it? But here's the thing, yes. I don't... I. Why would she eat it? I know people... Are not in the right mindset when they go to end their own life. Right. You know, it's, it's, but at the same time, it baffles me that someone would. Why didn't she just take a bunch of pills? Like, why is it topical ointment? Ingest a topical ointment that probably doesn't taste good and you would probably gag and end up throwing it all up. Yeah. Like, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make sense. He killed her. He killed her. 
So, very soon after her death, reports began that Olive was walking the halls of the New Amsterdam Theater, clad in a green beaded dress, did I not say? <laughs> you remember when I came home from that trip and told you. Yes, yes. Carrying a bottle much like the one she faithfully drank from. Oh, there it is. She ingested it. Yep. From Paris. <laughs> uh, sightings of Olive remained steady even as recently as 2005, 2012, guys. Since the need to perform cannot escape her, even in death. So... Maybe the topical ointment isn't like a cream. Maybe it's like like a... Like an oil or a salve. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. But still. So I'm sure I've told it in this incarnation of Backyard Broadway, because remember Abby and I used to do this in her backyard, and we never actually published any of those episodes. Maybe. When I saw Aladdin on the Broadway. On the Broadway. On the hashtag the Broadway. Because that's my hashtag, guys. <laughs> I have we had it? We haven't used yours yet on this one. No. Um, <laughs> during the magic carpet ride, which the, I still can't fucking figure out. Hashtag side note. Hey, <laughs> there it is. There it is. If you know how it's done, please email me. Please, email me. I want to know so bad. Backyardbroadway.podcast at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. Let me know how that flying carpet is done. The entire stage is clad in fog. Yes. Um, to Much give like that, tonight. To give that ethereal. <laughs> It's a foggy day in London Town. Um, Wrong show. To give that ethereal, you know, up in the clouds look. Well, I noticed during this number. Yes. Because I have to light a cigarette to tell the story. That there was a figure eight pattern happening in the fog. And I was like, oh, maybe it's the um, mechanism for the magic carpet. Maybe. But then I'm like, no, the magic carpet's not moving in, in a figure eight. And I'm like, what is going on? And then the fog moved in such a way that I could see the entire outline of a woman. And the light hit just so that I saw the sparkle of a green dress. Yep. And this is before I found out she was in a green dress. Yes. Because I just now found this out <laughs> reading this. So maybe it's a Broadway ghost. <laughs> so it's a Broadway ghost. Let me, let's oh, get back to yeah. it. So... I saw, and you know, the the figure eight continued, and it actually moved out of the figure eight, yes. and was, and as the number came to an end, it it just stopped. Yeah. So she clearly just up and vanished. So I went out, asked the asked asked the usher, "Hey, does the theater have a ghost?" And he laughed in my face <laughs> and says, "Lord Honey Child, let me tell you." That's my would, favorite part of the story. I would do his act. Oh, well, I might as well. Lord, honey, child, let me tell you. <laughs> is exactly how this man sounded. Had to be in his 60s. Had to be in his 60s. We need to write a show just based on him. Right. And oh, so Lord. he told me about Olive, gave me her first name. I, I didn't know her last name was Thomas. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about her. And showed me a picture of her on, on the wall. Mm-hmm. And said, this is her. That's all he said. Mm-hmm. Didn't tell me anymore. So... The reason we're doing these haunting podcast episodes is because Abby and I both have an affection for the paranormal. Yep. Sure do. And we Sometimes have... Sometimes unwantedly. Unwantedly. And we have that, that extra little gift sense. That makes my family want to put me in an insane <laughs> asylum? Yeah. The New Amsterdam is home to, a, to at least three ghosts. In my time, two and a half hours sitting in that theater. Three hours, really, because we yeah. got there right when the curtain door opened. Um Before Olive, I felt one ghost in the mezzanine with me Mm -hmm. and could feel the presence of another one in the catwalks. Mm -hmm. 
So Well, here's the question, though. They were not the same because I had a different feeling when she no, was on stage. Right. No, what I'm at, here, this is what I wanted to ask, though. Do you think that they're, they were more residual? And do you think Olive is residual, or do you think she is her own? Is an actual intelligent in? I think she's intelligent. I okay. think the other ones were residual. I think they were... Just going through the motions. Just going through the motions. Um, so, but they're clearly not ones that anyone sees or anyone else really feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't very strong, which is why I think they were residual. Right, yeah. Whereas Olive was a very strong sense, and once I saw the entire figure, once I saw that glint of green, mm-hmm. you know, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm not at Wicked, I'm in Aladdin, what the hell is green doing on stage? <laughs> um, I... I'm pretty sure I actually did think that because I'm stupid and nerdy like that. But um, I could feel. Yeah. I could feel the pain, but I could also feel the elation of being on stage. Do you think that's why you think he... I mean, I know why I think her husband killed her. But he killed her. Let's just... (laughs) We're going to look into this. We're going to write a play about it. Abby's probably going to want to play Olive. It's going to happen. Heck yes, because I want the dress. (laughs) All right. So moving on to the Lyceum. Is that how you say it? Lyceum or is it Lyceum? I think it's Lyceum. The Lyceum. Oh. The Lyceum, the Lyceum, the Lyceum. I don't know. <laughs> what is what is playing at the Lyceum, Lyceum, Lyceum right now? I don't remember. I don't remember. Well, let's see. It's My says... most recent reference is um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, okay. Which was 2013, 2014. Yeah. 15, 16, something like that. <laughs> Present day, who knows? It opened and closed so quickly, I don't remember. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Because uh, it was in the same Tony's as uh, Waitress. So 16. Yeah. The Hamilton Tony's. Yes, 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 yes. The Hamilton So Tony's. it says, few American theaters are as old as the Lyceum. Let's Lyceum. go with Lyceum. Okay, Lyceum. As the Lyceum. Granted, landmark status in 1974, it is the oldest continuously running theater on Broadway. Hence, it should come as no surprise that it also has a permanent phantom in the form of legendary choreographer Bob Fosse. I can't call bullshit on this one. I want to. I know you want to. I want to because he didn't die in New York. No. He died out of town seeing a out-of-town revival of Sweet Charity. Um, any of you that watched Fosse Verdon know this. Yeah. You saw it all happen. Well, it, it says... Uh, Fosse, known for his distinct and innovative style of dance, worked with many actors and dancers over his career. One such actress was Cheetah Rivera. Rivera River. Rivera starred in wow. 2016's The Visit, performed in the Lyceum. During the show, crew members claimed to hear strange sounds in addition to cigarette smoke coming from the balcony. That would be Fosse. Many of them assumed that it was the ghost of Fosse himself. Due to Fosse's work relationship with Rivera and his apparent love of the balcony seats, it makes sense that he would choose that show to haunt. Whether or not he stays around is the question. Needless to say, as a Broadway ghost, he's got plenty of time to decide. Plenty of time. Um, I mean, with Fosse... Ah! Oh my god! Our tech guy just scared the shit out of Abigail. There's your phone. I'm not cutting this. <laughs> That's why I pointed. I know. Do you think I was pointing at? I thought it was Paige. <laughs> oh. oh. You good? 
Oh, good. So with Fosse, I he's got too much. He's he's got too much stake in Broadway to stay at one theater. I I wouldn't think he is at one specific theater. But yes, the balcony, the cigarette smoke, the fact that it was noticed specifically during Cheetah Rivera's time in the <coughs> visit at the Lyceum yeah. makes sense. Maybe he's just haunting Cheetah Rivera. No, I think it was. <clears throat> I think. My what I think is that because it was because she hadn't done anything in a while before that, right? Or right. so I think it was because she was coming back. It was almost yeah. like he was like, "Good job, Cheetah." Yeah. For those of you who are like, "What's their connection?" Cheetah Rivera was in the original Broadway company of Chicago, which yes. Fosse directed. Yes. Um, and she was in the film version of oh, Sweet Charity. Just... So she's got this this <laughs> connection with Fosse. To, um, okay. <laughs> so moving on to the Richard Rogers, um, currently home to Hamilton. Yes. That blockbuster smash. I still haven't seen it guys. Well, cause tickets are outrageous mm-hmm. for it. Like absolutely outrageous for it. And I, I just can't make myself pay that much. I can't do it. I can't do it. So this story is during the run of In the Heights back in the 2010 time period. Yep. Um, Because it was so long ago. Luis Salgado. Salgado. Luis Salgado claimed to have seen the ghost of a small child just off stage during a performance. Um, In 2010, Blanca Camancho wrote, There are reappearing lipstick, uh, red lipstick smudges in the ladies' room. They get painted and wiped but inevitably return. Stall doors open by themselves, dressing rooms have strange sounds, and things spontaneously fall off shelves in one of them. After hours, after hours brings bizarre howling sounds, chandeliers moving, the sound of people walking. Jimmy, our doorman, armed himself with a baseball bat one such evening. Guess he was going to take a few of them with him. Then three different people told me about the redheads. The redheads, okay. Ralph sees her in box B around 2 a.m. Beverly saw him in mezzanine row H. Cast member Tony Cheroldis? Cheroldis has twice felt the presence of his mom, an actress, and also at the time at times, at times. A redhead. None of these people knew of the other stories. Our beautiful red theater must be a beacon for them. I myself, during a company meeting in the house, saw a door open fully and close slowly all by itself, but nervously dismissed it until I heard these stories. However, I was assured that these are benevolent beings that like musicals as nothing bad ever happens during the times when music fills the Richard Rogers Theater. So I'm 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 a little iffy on this one. Well, the fact that it's like I feel like they're grasping, like with the redheads. Yes. With the redheads they're grasping, I feel like Especially with, with like the one I was like, Oh, it has to be my mom. She sometimes is a redhead was a redhead. Was redhead. Like, I mean to feel the presence of your mom though, that's one thing. Yeah, but like I don't know. But I know. don't think that has anything to do with the redheads thing. Yeah. I just think he feels the presence of his mom, which, you know, some people do when their parents pass. I um, feel like just with the redhead thing, like I feel like they're looking for that for a connection. Yeah. And there isn't really one there. Yeah. And as far as the swinging chandeliers and the footsteps and the howling noises, so many things that could be. Yes. 
you know, it's it's not ever just spirits that are doing these things. Right. I mean, it is an old theater, you know. It used to be the 46th Street Theater. It's now the, like, the Richard Rogers. Mm-hmm. Almost got confused as to where I was. So, the next one we're going to is a full page. Yes. <laughs> the Belasco. Belasco. The Belasco, which has showed up in a couple of my shows. It has. It has. <clears throat> um, so, apparently this is the most noteworthy theater on the list. Clearly, it's got an entire page. Um, David Belasco commissioned this to be built in 1907. While it was, while it is only the sixth oldest theater on Broadway, it most likely takes the lead as far as sightings are concerned. So really? David, yes. So Belasco died in 1931 and consequently became one of the Broadway ghosts. He is said to watch rehearsals and walk the halls whenever he pleases. Some crew members in the theater will say, Good night, Mr. Belasco, at the end of each night. Good night, Charlie. Just to appease him. Even I have had a spooky experience with this legendary Broadway ghost. Who is... Oh, I didn't write down who wrote this article. No, nope, you sure did God, I uh, suck. Let's see. It says, um, uh, as a bar manager at the time, I had to stay late to count the night's profits. Suddenly, in my non-ventilated office, the air grew cold. Just as quickly as the cold began, it was gone, returning returning the room to its normal temperature. Even I have my skepticisms toward ghosts, and it, this incident shook me to my core. Many believe that cold spots, underlined and capitalized... Well, often accompany ghosts and not and knowledge of this phenomenon gave me cause to leave the theater early that night. So, I mean, it's it's just common courtesy if you're leaving a theater that is, you know, purported to be haunted to say good night to the ghost as you leave, whether or not you know them by name. Um, so that's not unheard of for people to leave a theater and say goodbye. Whoever. We do it. We do it. Did it. Um, <coughs> I'm dying over here. So. Belasco isn't alone, though. A spirit known as the Blue Lady, who appears as an icy cold blue mist, has been seen on the theater stairways and dressing rooms. I'm going to stop right there. An icy blue mist. Are we talking icy blue as in the color or icy blue as in a cold blue? Like cold mist. I'm thinking it's both. Okay. But it's only been seen. So how do they know it's cold? Well, I mean, cold spots do, you know, those are our thing. There are, the, there are reports of the sounds of raucous parties being held in the Blasco apartment, complete with the sound of feet dancing uh, the ni- to 1920s era's music. When workers got upstairs to see who had broken in, they found the apartment empty, its dust undisturbed. Okay, let's see. Melissa Erico, who played Mina in Dracula the Musical, reported that Blasco does indeed haunt the theater. My dresser, Kathy, saw him walk into a mirror the other day. She thinks he lives in the mirror in the wall outside my dressing room. What? Uh, one night, I forgot my coat and had to turn out the lights in my room. I turned back to get my coat in the dark, and someone, David, question mark, turned the small pretty table light on for me to see my way. It was spooky. As I opened the door to leave, as I walked out, someone closed the door behind me. I didn't touch it, but watched it move. I'm, I'm sorry. Ghosts don't live in mirrors. <laughs> Maybe he hangs out on the other side of the wall behind the mirror, but he doesn't live in the mirror. He doesn't live in the mirror. Sorry, Melissa Erico, you're wonderfully talented, but, but that, no, that was her dresser. It wasn't okay. her. Kathy, Kathy, let's talk about this. 
So, during the run of Passing Strange in 2008, Daniel Breaker told Playbill Radio in an interview that one evening he was putting on his makeup in his dressing room mirror when he saw an old man with white hair sitting behind him, silently watching him. Which is creepy in of itself. When Breaker turned around to demand what he was doing there, the man, who resembled nobody working on the show, was gone. Breaker reported the incident to the house manager and was told, You just saw David Belasco. Dun, dun, dun! Why do we not have a sound effects machine for this? Because you have me. Truth. All right. So the last one on this page says, Current Belasco house manager Stephanie Wallace said that the Belasco has been comparatively quiet in the years since the 2010 renovation. Hmm. Which is interesting. Because usually with a renovation, it draws them out because you're making yeah. changes. Um, to tease him out, the, correct, the creators of Hedwig and the Angry Inch actually wrote Belasco into the script. Each night, Neil Patrick Harris and his successors asked if anyone in Box B had seen the ghost, but there were no takers. Nevertheless, Wallace said, I can tell you that the front door of my office especially locks itself from time to time, and I know it isn't me doing it. See, I've heard many a story about the Belasco. Yes. And it's not just the blue lady. It's not just the old man. I've heard stories of people sitting in the audience when nobody was there, things like that. Yeah. So I have no doubt, no doubt in my mind that the Belasco, Belasco um, has some going-ons. Yep. Um, so. Okay, so the next one that we're doing is the Imperial. And I just like the first sentence. Sometimes you don't need a, you don't need a storied history to be a ghost. You just have to scare a group of kids. Oh, this is the Billy Elliot story. Yeah. All right, so the Imperial Theater opened in 1923, and various musicals and plays have graced its stage in the last century. The most noteworthy of these shows was Billy Elliot. I'm sure there are other noteworthy shows that have played this theater. I'm sure. I love Billy Elliot. It's a wonderful show. I just think that there are some others that are better. Um, the musical is based on the hit film, and it draw, its big draw was music by Elton John and a talented group of Tony Award-winning youngsters. Young girls in the show claimed that their dressing room was haunted by a strange and powerful entity who would open and close doors at will and the name of the Broadway ghost. And the name of that Broadway ghost? Fred. <laughs> but some believe that famed actress Ethel Merman probably haunts the old th- theater. The cast of Billy Elliot will tell you a much different story. I wish you could see the look on his face right now. <laughs> If Ethel Merman is haunting a theater, <laughs> you fuckers would know it. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> if it was Ethel Merman, you would know it because she's very distinct. Yes. Her voice is very distinct. Her look is very distinct. Her bosom is very distinct. <laughs> and her hair. Her tingle bitties. Her hair. Her tingle bitties. So, I mean, it's... It, it, I... Let's go with Fred on this one. Let's. I don't know anything about Fred. I don't know who Fred might be. Why Fred? Why? Because like, they kids. Let's name him Fred. I'm and sorry. I'm did sure, you watch too much Scooby Doo? I'm sure this was like the height of that Drop Dead Fred thing that was. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I remember that show. Yeah. So awful. I will right, we'll let you do the next one. So let's the see. next heading is there are lots more Broadway ghosts. Uh, let's see. A famous and well-documented incident occurred December 21st, 1909 at the Lyric Theater, now part of the Hilton Theater on 42nd Street. It was the opening night of The City, the last play by prolific author Clyde Fitch, uh, with 
Bo Brimmel, Brummel, Barbara, Frenchy, Frenchy, Captain Jinx of the, the House Horse Mar- Marines. Of the ho- Horse Marines. Oh, okay. Fitch had died the previous summer in Europe, but according to published accounts, as the cast of the city was taking its final curtain calls, women in the audience screamed and fainted as the unmistakable figure of the late author emerged from the wings, strode to the center stage, took a deep bow, and vanished right before everyone's startled eyes. I would like to, okay, I'm not going to meet anyone who actually had this occurrence. No, this you, is 1909. Yeah, that was, yeah. But I mean, that's a very distinct story to tell. Yes. Now, whether it's gotten mixed up in translation and embellished over the years. Probably. Is one thing, but at the same time, interesting. Very interesting. So, not all stories are confined to the distant past. This very season... The cast and crew of Wonderful Town this very season. Um, what year was this written? Because Wonderful Town hasn't been on Broadway since like 2005. I know. Um, suffered a rash of lost props and things being mysteriously moved and removed from dressing rooms. This may uh, this seems to be an unhappy ghost, and the feeling is that this is the spirit of entrepreneur Martin Beck, who hasn't yet accepted that the theater, which bore his name since the 1920s, was recently renamed for caricaturist Al Hirschfeld. And the Hirschfield was most recently home to Kinky Boots, mm-hmm. and I believe Moulin Rouge is there now. Yeah, I think so. Um, so that would be interesting because they completely redid the theater for Moulin Rouge. Yeah, they did. It'd be interesting to know what's going on there. All right, so and then we have: Do theater ghosts really exist? Are they actually spirits of the dead, or are they some kind of an image of energy imprinted by the instant intense emotions generated inside the great Broadway houses? Why don't they release their hold on the earth and move on? The answer to the last question may be found in the punchline of one of the oldest theater jokes. What? And give up show business. Truth. Truth. Who wrote this shit? I don't know. Like, who wrote this shit? This is all from Playbill.com. Oh, that's why. I don't, I didn't write down who That's why it's so embellished and like. Yes. All over. Um, So, I mean, there's just so much history. There's, there is a lot within of history. I want the, to know more about Martin Beck. Yeah, within the 10 blocks of Broadway. Mm-hmm. So much history. So much inky feelings when you're walking by a theater <laughs> yeah. or in a theater. I mean, I've never had the fortune of being inside a theater after dark mm-hmm. on Broadway mm-hmm. or after hours, however you want to put it. Um, so it's it's... One of those things where it's like, I would love to. You're you are more than welcome You're more to. More than welcome. Abby will not join me. No, nope, sure not. Uh, so I, I will mean, say fuck you, and I'll go the <laughs> other way. I just think it would be interesting, even during the day, mm-hmm. just to stand in the theater where so many greats have passed through. Oh yeah, and you know it. It's. I'm just waiting for stories about Lauren Bacall's ghost, things like that. Yeah. Since she's died in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's, some of these people are so distinct, you would know if it was them. Oh, yeah. Especially the Judy Garland one. I'm, again, calling bullshit on that one. You would know if it was her. It wouldn't be that she is purportedly by this door that was put in just for her. <clears throat> you wouldn't know if it was her. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, a figure that you see or a, you know, something out of the corner of your eye, the feeling would be there and you would know. Yeah. I don't, 
it's so hard to explain because it's like you get this feeling and you're you and for some reason like most people I feel like they would get that feeling and then they try and reason it out like oh no it's you know I'm sure it's nothing or oh yeah. this is why and da 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 and I mean we do that a lot like if something happens we we try and rationally explain it but sometimes there is no rational explanation can. yeah it's I mean <clears throat> I would have liked to have heard some of Kat's thoughts on some of these because she's a skeptic <laughs> oh, yeah. through and through. Let's recall what happened at your own house. <laughs> through and through she is a skeptic and I think she would she would have had some issue with some of these stories and some of them we are going to look into and oh, we're, we're going to come back and be like okay let's let's hear some history tell you some more about the these um but I just I there are so many theaters on Broadway, quote unquote, yes, what are considered Broadway theaters, that it surprises me that this list is capped at, you know, what nine or ten of them. Yeah, and it's not even like good ones. Like you know, you ha- you you know that there's been more sightings or stories than what's been printed. Yeah. So I don't know if these are the only ones that they could really like verify, like multiple case, like witnesses, or because it has certain actors' names attached to it, or... Yeah. There is, there is a book, well, there's a couple of volumes of a book um, by, I can't remember her name, Ashley something, um, and they're all just little stories, little stories from Broadway actors and stage managers and mm-hmm. ushers and things like that, and I know some of them are ghost stories. I should have sat down and pulled them. Um, a matter of where that book is right now is a question, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it would be interesting to get some firsthand accounts of, you know, if if we knew some Broadway actors, hint, hint, wink, wink, you know who you are, (laughs) 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 who may have had some experiences during their time on the great white way. Yes. You know, it's, um, just like we have our stories for the theaters we worked at. Mm Mm-hmm. They all have stories for the theaters they've worked at. Yep. I would love to be able to sit down and do the research of nationwide community theaters and regional theaters. It's too many. There's just too many, and it's we just don't have the time for it. Nope. Abby walks in her graduation on Saturday, I guys. do. I do. Um, oh, my God. Yes, she's officially, officially a professional prostitute now. <laughs> I only learned from the best. Yes. Let me I tell you about that externship, class. man. That externship almost killed me. Uh, yeah. I mean, you had to get that penicillin shot twice. Ugh, right so, in the ass. <laughs> right in the ass. Both butt cheeks. We kid. We kid. Um, I'm finishing it. Finishing my fifth semester. Kat is, I can't even keep track of her bimesters or whatever they're called anymore. She's been at it since May. Yeah. She pulls her hair out every single time. She starts a new semester. Shock she's not bald. <laughs> Don't go bald, babe. Don't go bald. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, and then, of course, we had the the proposal and the upcoming, all the festivities that will go with the wedding. We will try, 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 try to get out new episodes as frequently as we can. But like I said, we are busy. Yeah. And with the weather getting colder, they might be shorter. Yes, the weather finally caught up. With the date. <laughs> so much so that tomorrow night on Halloween, we're supposed to have flurries. 
I hope not. We're supposed to have flurries. They're not supposed to be until like late, late. Okay, good. Like after the trick or treating? Yeah. Okay, that's good. But I mean, we're sitting out here. I'm actually very, very comfortable drinking my hot apple cider. I'm in my coat. That's not spiked with anything. I'm in my coat. Unfortunately. You are in your coat, but you're always in a coat, regardless of whether it's 90 degrees or 12 degrees. True so, facts. True you facts. Might, you might get more episodes that are recorded inside. You might get some that are only 30 minutes long, because that's all we can deal with with the cold. But. And you'll know, but, because I will quote it with, I can't feel my toes. Yes. That'll be our next hashtag, guys. Hashtag, hashtag I can't feel my toes. Yes. So, let's talk a little Broadway news. Okay. Hit little, me. Little Broadway news. Let, let's go to London first. Okay. Because I'm still absolutely baffled by this news. <laughs> I don't think it's bad casting. I think I, I would I just. Know, yeah. I would love to see it. <laughs> it's not going to happen because I'm not going to get to London anytime soon. No. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yes, you heard me correctly. David Hasselhoff, Mitch Buchanan from TV's Baywatch, is going to play <laughs> Mr. Hart. In 9 to 5, the musical. Working 9 to 5. Don't get me wrong. The man can sing. Well, he could circle Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> he could sing. Acting, on the other hand. <laughs> if you've seen Jekyll and Hyde with David Hasselhoff, you know what I'm talking about. Don't lie. He can carry a tune. I just don't think he has the right voice for Mr. Hart. I don't, because it, it's supposed to be that sultry, like, deep baritone voice. Yeah. And he's more of a Joseph-type voice. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that kind of poppy. Yeah. Because he's big in Germany, guys. Big in Germany. Always. <laughs> He's always been a pop star in Germany. <sighs> mm. <clears throat> so I'm very interested to see what happens with this year's Tony Awards. Yes. They've just um, done their first round of... Um, Nominations? No, just their decisions on oh, what yeah. can and can't be nominated. Right. Um, they did not say whether or not Moulin Rouge would be up for Best Musical category, mm-hmm. since it is not just new music. Yeah. It is music from other shows. Um, it's still technically a new musical. Yes. I, I would classify it as a new musical. I wouldn't get I wouldn't put it up for best um, orchestrations or anything like yeah. that. Well orchestrations maybe because it's new interpretations, but whatever the music and lyrics. Yeah. Um, with the theater, whatever like the that book? one was. No, not the book. Oh. Because there's best the one I had a problem with Frozen on. Yeah. That are written for the theater. Yeah. Um that one, I, I would have an issue seeing that one in. Um, Tom Hiddleston will be more than likely nominated for the play he, he did. So that'll get all the girls watching. Yeah, it will. Tom Hiddleston. It, it's a missed opportunity if he does address as Loki to the Tony Awards. <laughs> Please, Tom Hiddleston, dress as Loki when you go to the Tony Awards. I beg of you. Or at least if you're presenting an award. Come out with your staff. Come out as Logie and just hate on all of humanity. It would be wonderful. Wonderful. So, we've got six opening. Yeah. Um, I'm still curious about that one because it's only an hour long. Really? The original concept of it is, yes. Huh. Um, so, I don't know if they've expanded it. I mean, I would hope they would. I would hope. Hope, hope, hope. 
Um, I'm really like, I feel like I'm slacking on the Broadway news just because I can't think think of what else is opening soonish. Waitress is closing in January. Is. Um, the original Dr. Potomer came back. Drew Gelling mm-hmm. came back, and he's going to be the last Dr. Potomer. Mm-hmm. Jordan Sparks and Al Roker are there through, I think, right before Thanksgiving. Um, okay. Oh, Al Roker. Al Roker. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly he does well in it. Clearly. Clearly he's Clearly. come back for his second shift at the diner. Yes, he has. Um, but I listen. Okay, I'm... I gotta, I gotta vent for a second. Okay. Every video they have done for Waitress, each time a new Jenna has taken over, Mm -hmm. they always sing She Used to Be Mine. Right. Why not any other songs? Because it's a very powerful ballad. It is a very powerful ballad. But I feel like that's all we get from all these Jennas. And that's... That gives us one song from the show. What if nobody's Sarah ever... Sarah Bareilles do the... Do the... Was it? Um, Dr. Potomer's, like, first song? Her and Jason Mraz did a number. Uh-huh. For, for Broadway.com. And then there's, like, the recording studio videos with um, Jeremy Jordan... What's your... I can't remember. Them doing yeah. the cut numbers? There's a couple of them. Yeah. Because Sarah Bareilles did release that CD of songs that didn't make it in. But what I'm what I'm getting at is if somebody hasn't seen it mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, I'm going to New York. I wonder what to see. And they're looking at videos mm-hmm. and all they're seeing is she used to be mine from all these past Jennas. Mm-hmm. They don't really get a full sense of the show. Well, yes, it's a very powerful number. number, number. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. Yes. I think, you know, when the original Oki from the movie took mm-hmm. over, why didn't they do a video of him singing Never Ever Getting Rid of Me? Oh, that would have been hilarious. So funny. You know, when... It's the wind. Oh my gosh, this fog. (laughs) (laughs) When Kayla Settle left and, you know, the new Becky took over, why not a video of her doing I Didn't Plan On It? You know, it... it, it, I didn't plan it. I didn't plan it. Whatever. I'm just saying. Kayla would have corrected you. She would have. Because she loves Kayla Settle. I can just hear hear the squeal in the back of my head right now. And the changing yeah. of the underpants? Yes. <laughs> it, it just, when I'm looking online of what shows to see, what, you know, trying to gauge. If you'll like it or not? If I'll like it, how the shows are, you know, being presented through the media, through mm-hmm. social media, things like that. I want to see differences. I don't want to see the same number. While, yes, it's a different person singing it. Yeah. The train agrees with me. Or it's telling you to shut the fuck up. This is true. I just, I have to have something to bet about. Well, I mean, I understand your point. But I think also they choose that song because it shows Jenna in almost, like, you know, at that point, it shows how sad she really is. Yeah. It really shows that vulnerable side of Jenna and what she's going through. So I think that's also part of it. Because you got to have some emotional chops to get through that song. You do. You do. Um, So just real quick, Andrew Garfield is going to be in the Tick, Tick, Boom movie for Netflix. Um, The Prom Netflix movie is still slated for September of 2020. 
Why didn't you keep Beth, Beth level? <laughs> Why didn't you keep Beth level? Why Meryl Streep? Why? Because it's Meryl Streep. I love you, Meryl. Don't get me wrong. Don't like you're gonna listen to this. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but they're human too. You know, it. If you're gonna take from the Broadway, from the Broadway, and make a Netflix movie of it, or make a film of it, you know, especially when it's so new, mm-hmm. keep what what is good about it. Mm-hmm. Which the two girls were great. Beth Level was great. The entire adult cast was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand you need star power to get people to watch it. Right. But at the same time, why not just film it on Broadway and put it on Broadway HD? Because true Broadway Hashtag newsies. Hashtag newsies. Hashtag Shrek. Shrek. What else? What did I watch? 42nd Street. Kinky Boots. Love them all. Um, it just... It, for true Broadway files. Really? That's what you're calling us? Broadway files? Broadway files. Wow, it makes it sound like pedophiles. Hey! Don't take it there. I mean, I just did, because you did. Like, they call movie nerds cinephiles. That's awful. <laughs> You've never heard that before? No. Okay, Broadway nerds like us. Broadway fanatics. They want to see original cast, and we can't make it to New York. Yeah. Give it to us on Broadway HD. Well, give it to you on Broadway HD. Where the hell is Bandstand, by the way? Still <laughs> waiting for that one. Oh, it was so good. Still waiting for that one on it Broadway was HD. so good. I have such high expectations. And this, I'm going to be so disappointed. It's a non-equity tour. Don't, don't have them so high that I'm you're going to be I'm, super disappointed. I'm going to be so disappointed. Like, put them, like, medium. <laughs> put them medium. Okay. Um, I'll put them, like, right at a lad in the tour. <laughs> they're redoing the tour to make it more accessible to the other theaters I don't know it's how not, I feel about that it's not, the fa- it's not a question of Aladdin's accessibility it's, you just had a really bad I, it was not good I had an understudy that was bad but I didn't really like Jasmine either it, it happens it I mean Jafar and Iago were Fucking hilarious. Yes. The Sultan had no point. <laughs> the Sultan doesn't even have a point in the movie. He's just there for comedic relief. It's true. But, like, even <laughs> it, but in the show, they, like, tried to give him more. And I was like, why? 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 And I did like, I mean, I it, I did miss the animals. But I liked Aladdin's three friends. Yes. Babcock, Omar. Yeah, they were hilarious. Like yes. They are hilarious. I had to sing it in my head and knock out <laughs> Aladdin's name to get the last ones in. <laughs> And, uh, but they were really funny. But Abu was in it. Yes, he was. His picture <laughs> was as a white monkey. Because he needs 99 white Persian monkeys. And it was a picture of Abu. And I thought that was wonderful that they included that. Yes. And it's fun when you're sitting with someone who's used to the movie cast album mm-hmm. soundtrack. Listening to them try to sing along with the Broadway cast album. It doesn't work. And it doesn't they're work. singing... Uh, uh, you're my only friend, Abu. Yeah. And the Broadway one is I could use a friend or two. Yeah. Oh, it's that Aladdin hit the bottom. Anyways, <laughs> I like how you jiggled with it. I did jiggle. I did jiggle. Uh, <laughs> so real quick, because we haven't been back for a bit. Um, they know we went and saw Dear Evan Hansen. Just real quick thoughts on Dear Evan Hansen, because it was our first time seeing it. 
Now she's distracted by her phone after Sorry. I get her. Mama Lyman's texting me. So for those of you who have been blowing up my social media, the Backyard Broadway social media, we are we are back. We are going to be recording new episodes. We are going to start doing some show-specific episodes. Kat's not a big fan of those, but Abby and I like doing them. Um, so we're, we're going to plan some of those. We're going to... Um, we've got some other ideas going on. For Christmas, we'll probably do... We'll post our old episode of A Christmas Story Live. No. <laughs> I don't want to relive... Our thoughts on that one. I don't want to relive that. Our thoughts on that I'm one. not reliving it. I'm so not. real quick, Dear Evan Hansen. It was two hours of my life I'm never going to get back. Dear Evan Christmas Hansen. Story. I... Oh my God. I mean, should we just say right now, we got to intermission and my first question, Andrew, was like, when was the first point you started crying? Do not lie to me. <sighs> it was anybody have a map. It was, it was that first time you saw the disconnect between Heidi and Evan. And it was just like, no. Mine was when um, Evan, Hanson, and... Uh, why am I blinking on his name? Connor. Connor have that, like, meeting, I guess, in, like, a computer lab. And Connor signed Evan's cast. Yeah, that was a... That's when I started. That's when I started tearing up. Was at that moment. Let's talk about the three bitches in front of us. Okay, fuck them. They have no souls. Here are Abby and I bawling our eyes. I mean, bawling, bawling our eyes. I tried so hard not to. Glasses off at one point, several times. I'm like trying to keep my eyes upward so that the tear, the saltiness of the tears, don't affect my contacts. And tears are streaming down my face. I mean, we're sniffling. We, the whole deal, and these three bitches in front of us. Are every time one of us sniffles, every time one of us outwardly sobs, and it wasn't loud. Sobbing. No, like we were trying to be very respectful and quiet. Yes, they would lean over and whisper shit to each other. You have no souls. You were just cat though. She didn't cry either. Ah uh, well, she cried at the proposal. That's she did. That's all that matters. That's what matters to me. I mean, I mean, honestly, like, and it was like, okay, I got teared up at that point. I was like, okay, I can, I can do this. And then we got to the end of Act One, and he. Like, you could just feel his anxiety reading yeah. this speech. And then he crumbles to the floor and just starts sobbing on the floor. Stop. You're gonna... And it's just, I mean, your heart just pours out for him. And then he starts singing and you're just like, oh, fuck. And you just start crying <laughs> your eyes out. And then you're like, okay, we got through act one. And then we used to get to act two. And it's like five minutes to act two. And you're like, oh, yeah. And you just I think keep the going. only time I didn't cry during act two was... Um, how to how to the glove song? Oh yeah, because I'm not a fan of that. I'm song. not a fan of that song either. Um, how to break in a glove? Yeah, I'm not a fan of that song. It was a very touching moment. Yes, between Connor's dad and Evan. Mm-hmm. But it is. But I'm just not a fan of that song. And I okay, really and wasn't. I have to tell you, the guy that played the dad, he's a great actor. Not the best singer. Not the best singer. I was not a huge fan of his. Um, both of the moms were fantastic. Oh, God. The Zoe was wonderful. She was wonderful. The two friends. I mean, it was just the cast they put together. Her, his one friend I wanted to punch in the nuts. Right? And the one girl I wanted to punch in the tit. Oh, my God. But I just, I because it was our first time seeing it, it was so interesting to see the lighting. Oh, yeah. And how... When they're supposed to be FaceTiming or on the phone or whatever. On their computer. Their lighting was a phone or was a computer screen Mm -hmm. that they were standing in. 
you know, Evan would be looking at his computer and they'd be off to the side standing. And if you looked at the lighting around them, it was the shape of a phone or the shape of a computer, computer screen. screen. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was fascinating. Yeah. Now, let's talk about pre-show, guys. Okay, but, but, but. We have to point out where we were sitting. We were directly under a speaker. This is true. So it was even worse. This is true. And I have nine years plus of experience of tuning this shit out, so. But you can tone back those dings and those buzzes and everything of people posting on social media. Yeah. It, it was a little much for a half an hour of us sitting in these seats. Yeah, it was a, a little it much. It was much. It was a lot. Um, and then the uh, Evan's mom's last song. Don't get me started on that. Oh, man. Uh. I mean, that song, when I first heard it on the cast album. So big, so small. When I first heard that song on the cast album, it made me cry. Yeah. I cannot handle that song. And so yeah. then to hear it again and see it in person, I mean, I fell to pieces. Yeah, it was... I mean, oh, uh, God. It was such an emotional experience. It was. Like, we had planned on really sitting down and, like, doing a, a post about it that night. And all, like, all three of us were like, well, Kat, Kat was just tired because <laughs> it was late. I love you, Kat. Um, Andrew and I both were like, we're too emotionally Too spent. emotionally we can't. It's we too soon to talk about it. Like, yeah. we cannot do that. It, it, we really we would have cried through the whole thing. Yeah, we needed a day. Um, so... Before we wrap up, real quick, because it's next Tuesday, thoughts on Little Mermaid Live. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly she has some. Okay, I'm sorry. Every time we talk about it, all I can see is that stupid trailer for it, where it's like showing the actors and like the parts they're playing. John Stamos. I mean, that's too much. Him, like, Because he's doing that weird face in the commercial, and I'm like, oh, he's going to be way over the top. Yeah. Uh, Queen Latifah looks great. I can't remember her name. I can't pronounce her name. I, the girl I, from Moana. Yeah. Yeah, she's playing Ariel. And she's making this face where it's like she's trying to do like the Tyra Banks like half open eye like model look. Yeah. With like pursing her lips like partly open like like really awkwardly. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with your face? Then you have Shaggy. Shaggy. And he's like all about life. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, hold up, Kool Aid Man. In his red leather, like he straight up, up looks like Kool Aid Man. Like glasses I'm, and all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This was a missed opportunity on ABC's part. Where the fuck is Titus Burgess? Where the fuck is Titus Burgess? Because uh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Shaggy will be fine. I'm sure he'll be great because he's he's got. Where the hell very, has he been? Yeah, he's got that very, in in a lot of his music, he's got that very relaxed rap sound to him, which is going to work for Sebastian really, really well. Yes. But why not Titus Burgess? I know. The Sebastian from the Broadway. I mean, he was fabulous. He was fantastic. I love that cast album so Uh, much. I am very interested to see how this is going to play out because... It's the f- movie. Yes. And then these live performances are going to be interjected yeah. into the movie. Yeah. And they've shown some behind the scenes stuff of some aerial work. Yeah. And some not aerial, the mermaid, like aerial, Scott, you know, flying stuff. And these puppets, Kat's not going to like the puppets. Nope, <laughs> sure. The puppets for the different sea creatures. I just think it's going to be a very interesting. 
new introduction to the live musical. Yes. And I'm hoping it will spark that what Sound of Music sparked for five years. Yes. You know, before fucking Jennifer Lopez. Don't get me started on Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> Still, it popped up on my time hop the other day, the first article yeah. about Bye Bye Birdie yeah. with Jennifer Lopez. Mm. He's not bitter, guys. He's fine. I, like I said, like, I was so I, looking forward to it. I'm very interested to see how Little Mermaid goes. <coughs> I just, every time we bring it up, I laugh because of that stupid that commercial. commercial for it. Because it's, it's just, I, mm. So hopefully. We didn't even talk about Eric. I don't even know who's playing him. I can't he, remember his name. Yeah, I we, like, if I brought him up and I showed you some of the stuff he's been in, yeah, you'd recognize him. I'd recognize him as a kid. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, we will get to watch it next Tuesday. Um, I am in class until 8.30, so we would be starting it super late. But the power of fast-forwarding on recordings. True. Get through those commercials, guys. Um, and I then timed it perfectly. And then maybe, just maybe, we will record a review next Wednesday. Maybe. maybe. We'll see. No promises. No promises. We will talk about it at some point if we don't do a full review. So yes. just be on the lookout. So with all of that being said, I'm Andrew. I'm Abby. Not Kat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. Oh, it's just not the same without both of you. I know. It's weird now.